From my earliest days in seminary, I was drawn to the dark corners of the world. I gravitated toward the disenfranchised, the prostitutes, the welfare mothers, and the drug addicts. I always figured the middle-class suburbanites would take care of themselves. But there was something else that drew me to the grittier side of life. There was a constant current of darkness running underneath these people's lives, a constant temptation, a constant torment that I still found hard to explain. But I know it's there. The devil is a dirty fighter. He goes after the weak and the downtrodden, and he hits below the belt. Maybe that's why I got involved with the Rivers family. They were from Chicago, the big city up north, a place that I was slowly but surely being drawn into. I had been taking periodic trips up there to work with gang kids as part of the Catholic missionaries, and I stumbled upon this poor child almost by accident. Of course, there are no accidents. Are there? But this child seemed like a soul I could actually save. The boy was way beyond the scope of Western medicine. He wasn't a schizophrenic. He wasn't sick. He was under the influence of a powerful force, and I thought I could help free him through spiritual means, through ritual. But the church refused to clear it. Was it because the boy was black? Because he was poor? I don't know. But I went ahead and traveled north and did the exorcism anyway. And it went south on me. It went wrong. It went about as badly as they can go. And the boy died and I lost my first title fight to the other side. The next day, back in St. Louis, they gave me the axe in Archbishop Merriweather's inner sanctum in the rear of the parish offices. Father Henschel was there, his pale, wrinkled face downturned through most of the proceedings. I remember the light in the office was silvery and diffuse from the stained-glass skylights overhead, and it made everything kind of sad and solemn. I sat front and center in a stiff-backed rectory chair as the excommunication was read. You are forbidden to have any participation in the Eucharistic sacrifice or in any other ceremonies whatever of public worship, and you are forbidden to celebrate the sacraments or discharge any ecclesiastical offices, ministries, or functions whatsoever. In fact, those same words were bouncing around in the back of my mind some twenty-odd years later, as I sat waiting in that desolate airport on that wintry morning. You are forbidden to discharge any ecclesiastical offices, ministries, or functions whatsoever. Who did I think I was? Going off on some half-baked ghost hunt. Father? A voice behind me. Father? I blinked, looking up at the commotion and noise flowing through the airport terminal corridor. It took me a few moments to remember where I was. Sitting on a plastic contour bench at Midway Airport, awaiting a rendezvous with Dodd. It was a Friday morning near the end of December, only three days left in the millennium, and the airport was business as usual with holiday rush, the tiled walkways echoing with shuffling travelers and public address announcements, the gray winter light streaming through the rows of plate glass. I was huddled near the snack bar, bundled up in my parka, boots, and jeans, still holding a paper cup full of Starbucks coffee that had gone cold long ago. My overstuffed duffel bag sat on the floor next to me, my lower back throbbing with a dull ache, my stomach fluttering at the prospect of flying. I was not exactly a good flyer, not under the best of circumstances, and that morning the flight was promising to be off-the-scale bizarre. I rose to my feet, smiling a tepid smile. Uh, hiya, Jimmy. Dodd approached, lugging a hard-shell attaché. You ready, Father? Always ready, Jimmy. You know me. I grabbed my duffel. Dodd glanced at his watch. Looks like we've got a few minutes yet. You want to get some breakfast? Uh, I had a bagel in the cab on the way down. You want something else before we go? Uh, No, no thanks, Jimmy. I'm fine. I'm just wondering. You're wondering about the blindfold, right?
I shrugged. The night before, Dodd had told me about the blindfold, but it still wasn't sitting right. Seems a little paranoid, I said. Well, it's like I told you last night, Father. This particular client is what you would call obsessed with anonymity. Do we put it on now, or do we put it on when we get there? Uh, we'll do it on the plane. I reminded him that I was going to have to see the house in order to cleanse it. Don't worry about that, Father. Once we're inside the home, we'll take the blindfold off. I nodded. That's all well and good, Jimmy, but there are other considerations. Such as? It's helpful to know the history of the home, stuff like that. Short of identifying the home's owner, he replied, I'll give you all the background you need on the plane. I took a deep breath, then finally said, Smoke em if you got em. Dodd nodded. Let's go. Then he started toward an unmarked door.